Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the fade. I am Clay Travis. He is Todd Furman. I hate to brag or draw attention to myself, but my gambling picks have been white hot. I don't know that it's possible to be more scintillating than I have been out of the gate. Todd Furman, I know it pains you so to have to deal with my success level, but I do want to give you credit. I went 8-3 and three on the college football picks last week, but the two of the three losses were games you disagreed with. So if you took my 11 picks and canceled out the two you disagreed with uh, with, with Furman or took Furman's side there, you would have gone 10-1 and one last week. That's pretty incredible. See, that's the way the show is supposed to go. When you're right, you're white. I'll give you credit. When you're wrong, I have to tell you ahead of time to try and save some of our loyal listeners and viewers a few bucks. But the reality of it is, Clay, I mean, when people look at the show, they see two boxes. But what they don't know is there's actually three of them behind the scenes. There's one for your head, there's one for your (laughs) ego, and then I get squeezed in on the other side. So it's simply amazing they can fit everything into just one screen grab. I'm the humblest man I know. Uh, Let's go. Okay, let's start speaking of humble. We got a humble Thursday night game at best. Panthers on the road against the Texans. Panthers have ticked out to an eight-point favorite now over under around 43.5. I want to remind you, you can go get your bets in at fanduel.com slash clay. That is fanduel.com slash clay. Bet $5. We'll talk about this game in a little bit on either the Titans or the Colts to win. You get back a 30-to-1 payout. $5 bet pays $150 for new users. Have a buddy take the other side. Boom, you're guaranteed to win. FanDuel.com slash Clay. All right. Texans are starting Davis Mills. This whole situation is weird because they still have Deshaun Watson on their roster. Terod Taylor out of the gate looked pretty good until he got injured in the second quarter against the Browns. Texans, I think way exceeding expectations. Does the world come back to normalcy for them in this game tonight? Furman, I'm on the Panthers and I think I'm probably on the over because 43.5 just feels low. Uh, What say you as you break down a relatively mediocre Thursday night NFL game? Well, you mentioned the total and so far this year we've had six primetime games. All six of those games, Clay, have gone flying over the total. So not exactly the optimal position for the odds makers and risk management team at FanDuel to try and have to contend with. It almost feels like a free money giveaway. I'm not sure that train continues tonight because when you look at these two teams, you talked about the Texans exceeding expectations and they have going 2-0 and against the spread to start the season. Much different dynamic in play with Davis Mills making his first start on a short week. This is a quarterback who was 8 of 18 last week, wasn't overly accurate, even going back to his time at Stanford. And you look at some of the other weapons that he has on the roster. Brandon Cooks, okay, fine. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson. Ugh, I don't know if any of those guys leave me brimming with confidence. So for me, I lean under the total because I think you will get a game performance from the Texans defensively. Meanwhile, on the other side, Carolina, they're arguably the biggest storyline or one of them through the first two weeks. Yes, they held serve at home week one against the Jets and Zach Wilson's debut, but they were downright dominant last week against the Saints. I mean, 
They were constantly in the backfield. Your boy Jameis got exposed. My boy Jameis came back to earth. He was not going to live the high life all season long after five touchdown passes in the season opener. Uh, But what the Carolina Panthers were able to do defensively, they held the Saints to the lowest offensive output during the Sean Payton era. Alvin Kamara was completely bottled up. I think he finished with five yards on eight carries. So let's see if Carolina's defense can be as good as what we've seen through the first two games today. If it is, I think the under comes home comfortably. The biggest problem for me at eight, I don't think there's any value. It's a lot different in the NFL when you go from the role of being the hunter to the hunted. And I think there's a giant target on the Panthers back tonight. So let me get this clear. If you had to play, you'd play the under tonight on Thursday night football. Yep, I would go under, shop around. Should be some 43 and a halfs out there. If you happen to have access to a Houston Texans team total, it's 17 and a half. And I know a lot of shops don't. That would also be a lean. But I do think we're talking about a game with points at a premium. All right, I know the first touchdown. You nailed it last Thursday. I do want to give you a chance here. Is there anybody you'd take a flyer on for first TD? I mean, if we're looking at the Carolina Panthers side, I think they can get out to an early lead. I'm not going to take Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think the price is a little bit too short to try and find a little bit of opportunity there. So I'm going to go further down the board, and this isn't a real long shot. I think DJ Moore. He's one of the more underrated dynamic receivers in the league. Uh, And when you look at Carolina trying to figure out their secondary options, I don't think Terrace Marshall is there yet. So I'm going to take DJ Moore. I think he finds Paydirt first from about 15 to 17 yards out on a touchdown toss from Sam Darnold. Uh, All right, let's go into uh, the big games coming up in college football. We'll return, NFL fans, to the OutKick six-pack, which, as I said earlier, on fire, back-to-back, four and two weeks. I have my six picks. We'll see what Furman thinks. Uh, Furman, here are my picks. And by the way, 69%. Nice. Winners so far through the first three weeks nice on fire. Always. 22 and 10, 8 and 3 as I mentioned earlier last week. So let's start with the biggest game. I think it's fair to say, uh, maybe you could have an argument Texas, uh, Texas A&M, Arkansas is bigger, but I think for most people, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. I like the Irish plus the points and I also like the under. This of course taking place at Soldier Field in your hometown of Chicago should be a phenomenal scene. What do you like here, Furman? Again, I like Notre Dame and I like the under. I'm predicting 21-17-ish final score. You know, pretty wild, Clay. When you think about these two proud programs separated by less than 250 miles in the Midwest, this will be the first time that they'll play a football game against one another in more than 60 years. This is a game you clearly would like to see get on the calendar I mean, we've seen Notre Dame get accustomed to playing Michigan, Peru, and Michigan State over the years, but how rare the occurrences are in Wisconsin. So this will definitely be a spectacle for two fan bases that should be well represented. When you dig into the numbers here, the biggest question I have for Notre Dame is will they be able to protect Jack Cohn? I mean, this offensive line has been an absolute dumpster fire to start the season. He's been under duress against Florida State, Toledo, and Purdue. And none of those trio of teams have what I define as a murderer's row of defensive capabilities by any stretch. Wisconsin gets healthier defensively. They bring back Leo Chanel, who missed the first two games on the protocol list. Jack Sanborn is a difference maker. And the other thing that can't be undersold in this spot is that Wisconsin has had two weeks to prepare. Why is that important? Because Jack Cohen has seen this defense up close and personal while he was a member of the Badgers football team. So they're going to have to disguise coverages. They're going to have to try and tweak their language a little bit 
and do things to confuse the veteran quarterback. Kyron Williams for Notre Dame, arguably one of their most gifted skill position players. He's had two carries that have gone for more than 90 yards combined. That represents nearly half of his rushing output. If Wisconsin is to be successful, they'll clamp down against the run. They'll neutralize Michael Mayer. And if I'm picking a side or total on this game, I agree with you on the under. I just don't think there are enough playmakers on either side for this game to go flying over unless there's turnovers, short fields, and things of that nature. I'd lean ever so slightly towards Wisconsin, uh, but I think the under is the better play in this ballgame. Second best game that's taking place this weekend. We go down to Jerry World. It's also a neutral site game. I'm sorry, Razorback fans, but A&M has won seven in a row in this one. Uh, Arkansas, five and a half point underdog. I got the Razorbacks and the under here. I'm not sold on the Texas A&M offense. Certainly not with their quarterback issue since Haynes King has gone out. I also think uh, that, that A&M is, uh, is ripe a little bit for Arkansas which feels like in year two with Sam Pittman I love their coordinators, right? I really like Barry Odom on defense. I also really like what, uh, what Kendall Bryles is capable of on offense and I just don't think that A&M has the ability to string any kind of explosive plays together. I think this is going to be a ground and pound style game. I like the under. I like the Razorbacks. What say you? I mean, if you're Arkansas and you look at this game, how pissed are you that last year you had to go to College Station and play Texas A&M and you don't get the return home game? I know there's a contract and it's supposed to be played on a neutral field, uh, but Sam Pittman basically carried it like a mensch out there and saying, you know what, we're going to play the game where it's expected to be played. But don't think for a second that that doesn't bother Arkansas fans, and rightfully so. You mentioned Zach Calzada taking over. And while he had potentially a confidence-building game, getting DeMonte Demas finally involved in the AM passing game, I mean, what can you take away from beating up on New Mexico? The one thing we've seen from AM from a defensive standpoint is they're doing what they should against inferior opponents. They held Kent State in check. They completely suffocated Colorado. And they had their first shutout in, I believe, five or six years against an FBS opponent last week against New Mexico. The problem for AM is they obviously haven't encountered an offense this physical that's going to establish a ground game with Traylon Smith. The one thing to keep tabs on, though, Arkansas a little bit banged up on the offensive line, and this isn't the kind of team you want to match up against if you're down a couple of your building blocks there. If Texas A&M can make Arkansas one-dimensional, I don't think even Arkansas fans have enough confidence in K.J. Jefferson to throw the ball all over the yard and get the ball to Traylon Burks in space. So as much as it kills me, Clay, to agree with you for the second straight marquee matchup, I don't see a lot of opportunity on the side, but I do like the game under the total, mainly because I think this will be played as a grinder. I don't see a lot of big plays, and I think Jimbo is going to simplify the game plan with Zach Calzada, only opening up when necessary if he sees that Arkansas can put a little bit of strain on that Aggie stopping. Outkick bus tour is going to be at Georgia Vanderbilt. I just don't think that Kirby Smart is going to have many of his... Can can we pass this game? I mean, I know you're going to be there and such, but can we just pass? I don't think there's going to be very much there uh, in terms of uh, in terms of risking health for Georgia. I'm taking Vandy plus 35 and a half. All right, encourage everybody to come out uh, in Nashville. We'll be live from nine to noon, streaming Eastern Time, eight to eleven Central. Game kicks at eleven Central. I'm going to give you several of these picks. You can tell me what you think about them. I got NC State plus the points. I don't believe in this Clemson offense. I think double digits there on the road is too many. I've got Liberty who I think there's a decent chance Hugh Freeze 
is at a big Power 5 job at the end of this year. I think they cover the 6 on the road against Cuse. I got a good number here. The number has come down quite a bit. I haven't checked it lately but I got Tennessee almost 3 touchdowns. I got them 20.5 against Florida. Kentucky, South Carolina I've got the under 48.5 and then I've got Michigan State minus 4.5 and I've got UCLA Stanford the over 58 and a half. I just hit you with about seven games there. Any that stand out with you, how would you assess? Well, judging from that list, I honestly think your heater may continue in through week four because I have more agreement with you on that particular slate than I do disagreement. And let's talk about the Tennessee-Florida game first and foremost, and then I'll get to the one game that I actually have bet the other way from you to try and keep people from jumping off a ledge. Tennessee-Florida... Can I just get Josh Heupel to announce that Hendon Hooker is going to be the starter? Can we stop with this nonsense about how Joe Milton has earned the job? He has every right to try and get it back. Joe Milton has two plays in his playbook. It's a quarterback run, and it's throw the ball as hard as you possibly can (laughs) and hope it doesn't go through the chest of the receiver. I mean, it's insane that this isn't an open and shut case. Hendon Hooker throws with touch. He's as dynamic running the football. He's got more polish as a passer. And I think he allows this Tennessee offense to operate with much more efficiency. The other thing working in Tennessee's favor, despite having lost, I think, 15 out of the last 16 years uh, to Florida and not having won in Gainesville since 2003, Florida's got to rally That's to get them off the deck. I mean, That's painful yeah, to hear. I mean, they, <laughs> they had you. their hearts absolutely broken last week. Well, I mean, you know, if I can't take shots of your picks, I'm going to take jabs somewhere else. They had their hearts absolutely broken last week, coming up two points short against Alabama. And you wonder if they can run it back because these Florida players know they typically show up. They beat Tennessee comfortably going away. And while Anthony Richardson should play a role in the offensive game plan for Dan Mullen, I think Tennessee is going to put some stress on this defense. I really believe this number is a touch too rich. I think the Vols will have a chance to stay in it from start to finish, but I don't want to discount what Florida has done. I mean, Malik Davis has been outstanding. Florida, through their first three games of the year, has accumulated more rushing yards as a program than they have in the last 40 years. So a full hat tip to what they've done, kind of changing their identity from Kyle Trask, Kadarius Toney, and Kyle Pitts to a run-first offense led by Emory Jones. But if Florida goes out there and wins by three touchdowns, much like you, Clay, I'm going to pay to find out. The one game that I disagree, though, is the Michigan State-Nebraska game, and here's why. When I look at what Michigan State has accomplished so far this season, I'm not going to discount Mel Tucker kind of resurrecting this program, but you dig deeper into their three wins. You beat a Northwestern team week one that at least on the surface looked great when you dominated from start to finish as three-point dogs. This is the same Northwestern team that could barely muster any offensive push against Indiana State. They were boat raced by Duke. Don't let that final score fool you by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, you took care of Youngstown State, and last week against Miami, that's a 17-17 football game going into the fourth quarter. De'Ara King gets nicked up. Michigan State's the beneficiary of a plus-four turnover margin. I think this is a Nebraska team that everyone wrote off in the wake of that opening week loss or week zero against Illinois that's looked significantly better. I like what I saw defensively from the Cornhuskers last weekend against Oklahoma. I think Adrian Martinez has been more judicious with his decision-making. And even being down one of their running backs in Gabe Irvin, I'll take Nebraska plus the points in East Lansing and would not be shocked at all if they win this game outright because this number before the season started, you would have been looking at Nebraska as a modest road favorite here. All right. uh, What games, if any, do you like in college football outside of the list that I just gave you? And by the way, if you haven't already, you can just type and go check out at OutKick.com 
week four picks. They go up every single Wednesday. Uh, You can't miss them. You can go into my Twitter feed. I'll tweet them out again uh, as we head into the weekend at Clay Travis and find them there. Uh, Any games that you really like for college football? You know, I've done more work on the totals board this week than I have with sides to date. Um, You know, one of the totals that I went under was with Illinois and Purdue. This is a Purdue team right now who's expected to be without its top two playmakers. Xander Horvath is out for sure, their top running back. And David Bell wasn't trending in the right direction. Please keep tabs on that. I know it's Thursday and things can change in a moment's notice. But I think 54, 53 and a half is a touch too rich there. Uh, When you look at a game taking place uh, between Boise State and Utah State, I'm not quite sure where the stops come from. I think Boise State's going to employ tempo from start to finish. They know they have superior athletes. But Utah State, no slouch. I mean, Blake Anderson has done an outstanding job in just three games, turning around a program where you had players that wanted to protest even playing their regular season finale. So I like this game over the total at 69 and a half, 70. Uh, and when you look across the, the rest of the board, I mean, there's a couple of games that have modest interest for me. And of course, I pull out my notebook since I don't have them all committed to memory here. Um, you know, I'll look at a side in UAB. I know Tulane has stepped up in class to take on Oklahoma and Tulane, and this is a game that should be more manageable for them. Uh, But Bill Clark, probably the most underrated head coach in all of college football. I know you're close with the guys down there in Birmingham that follow this UAB program closely. Uh, I think UAB has a chance to win this game outright on the field, and uh, I've backed them on the money line at plus $1.65. All right, we talked about Thursday night football already. Encourage people to go back and listen uh, for the Panthers-Texans. Let's pivot into the NFL now. Uh, Here is my six-pack, all right? Um, this one I'm starting with and I already feel like it's a mess. But look, Carson Wentz is not playing right now. I don't think he's going to be health- healthy. If he plays, I think the Titans are going to be able to get pressure on him because I don't think he's going to be able to move and I do think the Titans' pass rush has improved. Uh, and so I like the Titans to cover the five against the Colts here in Nashville. The Titans have gotten dominated by the Colts over the years. I hate myself a little bit for doing it but I just think that the Titans are way better right now than the Colts particularly if the Colts are going to have to play either Jeff Driscoll or uh, Jacob Eason at quarterback. Titans five-point favorite. It's my first outkick six-pack play. What do you think, Furman? Well, the storyline brewing there uh, oddly enough is that the Colts are giving reps to practice squad quarterback Brett Hundley. There's talk Oh, sorry. Could be Did I say Jeff Driscoll? I meant I meant Brett yeah. Hundley. Yes. All good. All, all good. I think he could be sharing reps which is unique to think about a two-quarterback system in the NFL. Sidewise, this is the odds makers telling you they have no clue exactly what they're going to get from the Colts starting quarterback because I think once Wentz is announced out, your number at minus five is going to look a lot better than what you can find in the market. What is this if uh, Wentz doesn't play? What is the line if Wentz doesn't play at all? I think I think you see this number trend up to six and a half and books will force betters' hands to push it to seven. I would be surprised if it moved to a full touchdown, uh, at least on the surface. But what I can tell you is that the under money that's come in on this game is extremely real from 50 where it opened down to 48. The one question, though, Clay, I have to factor into my handicapping on this game. Will you be in attendance with any members of the Travis family? And will you be taking all the neighborhood kids with you? Because I know there's nothing you love more than watching the Titans get whitewashed when you have to be there 
and spend four figures on souvenirs. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I don't think that I will be there right now, although my 11-year-old is asking to go so things can change. So we'll see, but a tentative no. All right, so I've got the Titans to cover the five. Saints at the Patriots, I'm going under 42 and a half. I think this New England defense, we saw what the Panther defense did to Jameis. I'm not sold on what the Saints are doing offensively. I don't think the paints, the, uh, the Pats are going to take a lot of risks. I like the way I see sort of Mac Jones as a game manager right now. I'm on the under 42 and a half. What do you think? I agree with you here. I think when you look at these two teams and the way they want to move the ball, New England wants to go out there and establish the run. So if you're the Saints and you're scheming up a defensive game plan, it's neutralizing Damian Harris, forcing Mac Jones to be the guy to beat you. A lot of the Saints defenders that were out last week from Marshawn Lattimore to C.J. Gardner. Some of those guys are trending in the right direction. Uh, I think they will be available, which could complicate things. I'm interested to see how New England goes about establishing their passing attack. Will it be from two tight end sets where they can have some success? People I know have been critical of Mac Jones. The, The attempted air yards just aren't there. But the reality of it is New England is doing things perfectly with a young quarterback. Keep him in his comfort zone. Don't take unnecessary risks and open up the playbook when you absolutely have to especially knowing that the defense is drastically improved uh, with a lot of opt-ins as far as New England is concerned. This is a Saints offense that really doesn't have a ton of playmakers. And the one thing we've grown accustomed to over the years is that Bill Belichick essentially makes his opposition play left-handed. So New England is going to take out Alvin Kamara. If you have him in fantasy, you can't bench him, but don't expect him to have a massive bounce-back performance because New England's as good as there is in the league uh, stopping running backs from catching balls and letting you your primary weapon beat you. So who else scares you on that Saints roster right now? Is it Adam Troutman? Is it Deontay Harris? Is it Marquez Callaway? So for me, I'm right there with you. I just don't see a lot of big plays. And if there aren't turnovers, I think we're comfortably to the window with a ticket under 42 and a half, under 43. Raiders are 2-0. and Probably the biggest surprise so far this season considering who they've beaten. They're at the Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett going to be the starter with Tua out with an injury. I got the Raiders minus four. I think they keep the role going. Good bet, bad bet in your mind. Bad bet. Uh, And this is a position I've actually taken on the other side with the Miami Dolphins. And the reason why, when I look at this Dolphins team, I don't think they were nearly as bad as that final score indicates in that 35-0 whitewashing against the Buffalo Bills. The thing about this Dolphins side as well, they'll get Will Fuller back in the fold. He's a guy that can take a lid off the defense and open up some things underneath. Jacoby Brissett is also a better deep thrower uh, than what uh, Tua has brought to the table so far through his NFL career. And when I look at this Raiders side, they have the Chargers looming on deck. We're not quite sure how serious the injury is to Derek Carr. And it's so much different to go from being an underdog who wins outright in its first two games against the Baltimore Ravens and the Steelers to coming home with expectations. You know, we make this game much closer to that one, one and a half range. It's rare to have a full field goal on a side working in your favor in the National Football League. The Miami Dolphins plus the points. And don't be surprised at all if that Raiders honeymoon ends Sunday afternoon. I think this is probably the best game of the weekend, effectively. Bucks at the Rams. Rams are a small home underdog is what I have it at right now, plus one and a half. I'm on the Rams. Which side do you like here? I'm going to go square bear here and I'm going to go over the total. I honestly don't know which of these defenses consistently get stops. I mean, you look at the games these two teams have played uh, over the last two years. And I know Jameis Winston was at the helm steering the ship a couple of years ago. It was a 55-40 football game. 
last year a little bit more defensive. I believe it was a game played on Monday night that ended 27-24 with the Rams winning outright as modest road underdogs. But the one thing we've seen is that the Bucks have had zero answers for the Rams' top two receivers. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have gone for more than 400 yards, 500, excuse me, yards receiving in those two matchups. More impressively, last year, 140-plus of those came in yards after the catch. You look at the Bucks; they're a little bit deficient in the secondary. And I think Sean McVay is smart enough to go back and go, you know what, we don't need to run the ball into this Bucks defensive front. We're going to go pass happy, much like the Cowboys did when they hung 29 points on Tampa in the opener. And on the other side, I don't think this Rams defense is nearly as good as people are led to believe. Sure, you dominated the Bears, but you only forced the Bears to punt one time in that game. You forced two punts last week against the Colts. And the game's very different if Carson Wentz doesn't try and throw a ball left-handed or they don't decide to run right at Aaron Donald. I mean, they had two drives that stalled inside the five-yard line. I think this game goes flying over the total. It's rare I'm on a public over, uh, but I think both these teams get comfortably into the 30s. All right, I've got two overs for you, and these may be public overs. Seahawks at the Vikings over 55, Ravens-Lions over 50 and a half. What do you think about both of those? That's my complete outkick six-pack, by the way. Let me run through it for people. Titans minus five, Saints-Pats under 42 and a half, Raiders minus four against the Dolphins, Bucks Rams, I got the Rams plus the point and a half. Seahawks, Vikings over, Ravens, Lions over. Um, when you look at those two totals, a couple of injury storylines that uh, our viewers are going to want to keep tabs on. One of which being Dalvin Cook. He was downgraded to questionable earlier. You haven't seen much movement on the side. I'm not sure that is a massive loss in this particular spot because I think if the Vikings are smart, uh, they can plug Alexander Madison in, be just fine and take advantage of that Seahawks secondary uh, that's a little bit suspect. You wouldn't know that given Derrick Henry running all over them last week, but I think play action will work, and this Vikings offense will look more dynamic. So I have no qualms about that particular total. The other total is interesting because Lamar Jackson has gone from missing <coughs> practice with a sore hip that they attributed to him doing a flip into the end zone to earlier today NFL insiders saying suddenly it's an illness. So given Lamar's medical history over the last 18 months, I mean, maybe he's going to miss this game, and we're talking about a backup quarterback out there for the Ravens. If Lamar can't go, I want no part of this over. If Lamar's out there, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but these will probably be two games that I don't get anywhere near. The Vikings, I'd love to get a three. It's not going to happen. Maybe I use them as a teaser leg to get them up through the seven, as I think the Vikings know their season is hanging in the balance on Sunday. What do you like the most of the NFL slate? I gave you my six. Are there games that are standing out to you that you absolutely love? Chargers-Chiefs, by the way, is a pretty big and interesting game that will get a lot of attention. And then obviously Sunday night football uh, with the Packers going up against the 49ers. Any of these games uh, stand out to you? We'll do a Monday show talking Eagles-Cowboys for everybody out there. On Monday, we'll be doing one of the one of these shows again every Monday and Thursday, The Fade. Me, Clay Travis, plus him, Todd Furman. Uh, you mentioned the Dolphins-Raiders game. Uh, that's a game that I disagree and it's a position I've taken on Miami in that spot. Uh, and another game, I think people are extremely down on the Washington football team and you can understand why. They're pretty fortunate to even be one and one when the league has to issue an apology to the New York football <laughs> giants in the wake of that officiating travesty uh, a week ago today. But I look at Washington, and I think this is a defense that's now been embarrassed, not just in the two games to start this season, but even going back to that wild card round where they gave up more than 500 yards in their own building. I know it's Taylor Henneke making his road debut as a member of the football team, 
But Buffalo right now doesn't appear to be completely right on the offensive side. And I feel that Washington can bring enough pressure with their front four. I mean, this is a proud group whose head coach has called them out and challenged them. They've taken some ill-timed penalties. This just feels like a big number at seven and a half or greater. Uh, so that would be the other dog I would look at with the Washington football team. Uh, and as I do with all NFL underdogs, uh, create a little bit of separation for yourself, not just to bet them plus the points, but don't be afraid to dabble on the money line and look for that lucrative payday. Good stuff. Anything else you'd want people to know as we roll into the college football and NFL gambling weekend? You got my 11 picks. You got my six-pack. You heard from Furman about his favorite college and pro picks. Anything else out there? No, I mean, I think those are, uh, you know, the main things we touched on. It's a big part of the year when you look at September, both in the NFL and college. You don't want to underreact to what you've seen. You don't want to overreact. We're just now starting to get a feel for who these teams are in college football. And I can make the case right now, given everything we've seen, there is no true dominant team. I mean, Alabama deserves to be the national championship favorite, but they've looked vulnerable. Clemson, we know, has looked vulnerable. Uh, You look at Ohio State, they've struggled a little bit. I mean, Georgia, for all intents and purposes, might be the most complete team going now. And that probably sends chills down the spine of any Bulldog fan, knowing that they have to trust Kirby Smart to win a few big games they're finally going to bring that elusive national championship back to Athens. I'm a big favorite to kick your ass in our high-end fantasy football league. Do you think that I should be favored there? What are you? What are you? I think you're a field goal favorite or a three-point favorite. I mean, CBS year in, year out is amazing. I get completely disrespected for my draft grade despite being an employee of that company. Then I'm a 13-point favorite in our fantasy battle. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, truth be told, I'm a little bit concerned because the two key cogs in my offense – Terry McLaurin has to deal with Tredavious White. That may not work out well. And Travis Kelsey, there's a good chance he's going to get clamped down on by, um, you know, Derwin James, who's really owned him in three previous matchups. So you know what's going to be ironic in all of this? Ryan Tannehill, who hasn't thrown a touchdown pass all season, comes out slinging against the Colts, four touchdown passes, and stuffs it right down your throat, allowing me to move. He should have had it. He should have had a touchdown pass. Yeah, Uh, The Julio Jones one that got taken off the board should have counted. All right, Todd Furman, we will be back live on Monday afternoon getting you ready for the Monday night football game in the NFC East between who's playing? The Cowboys and the Eagles, I think it is. Am I right about that? Who's playing in the Monday night game? Yeah, Eagles-Cowboys. You are correct. Cowboys got a four-point favorite. Yeah, all right. So we'll talk about that one. We'll also break down the entire weekend of college football and NFL action. That'll be the Monday edition of The Fade all season long, Monday, Thursday. I'm Clay Travis. He's Todd Furman. Get rich, kids. Get your bets in. FanDuel.com slash Clay. $5 bet to win $150. i am telling you the Titans are going to win with ease. FanDuel.com slash Clay. See you guys Monday.